0: Let's go. Welcome
1: to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. I
0: hope you're ready for the Loans On Demand podcast.
1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand Show, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today, I'm so excited, we have Casey Knowles with us. Uh, He's the broker of Ticket Mortgage and they finished off 2020 with about a hundred million dollars in production. So I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, Thank you so much for being here, Casey.
0: Thanks, Luke. I appreciate it, man.
1: Awesome, man. So uh, real quick, uh, Give us a little bit of context. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself to to kind of let everybody know how awesome and savage you are.
0: Well, um, I'm about a I'm like a 20 year loan officer vet, so I've been around a, a little while. I recently moved. I moved from California to Colorado about four and a half years ago. And when I moved here, I thought I needed a big change, and so kind of threw away my phone. Decided I was going to retire. I. Uh, I like I said, I didn't return a phone call. I kind of committed mortgage suicide and, and completely stopped. And so a couple of years went by and my kids were wanting to go to school and and kind of realized that retiring wasn't a, a real option. And so at that point, it was about it was about the you know beginning of 2019 that I decided to get back uh, and start doing mortgages. Here in Colorado, I didn't know anybody though. And so it was it was absolutely like sc- starting from scratch. And, uh, since that time still, even though I was from California, I haven't really done any California purchase business just because all those relationships had gone away. Sure. And, um, so it was starting fresh here in in Colorado and, you know, after being in the business a long time, things had changed since I originally started doing loans. So Mm -hmm. the way I did it 20 years ago, wasn't working whenever I tried doing it again, you know, the cold calling and the knocking and and showing up, I thought you know, I was, I was a good loan officer. And I thought, well, if I just show up and go to these mixers and show up, at you know, the realtor events and association, you know, the city stuff. And I just thought being around would be a good thing. But the, the truth is this area where I'm from, the the realtors are very good. The loan officers are very good mm-hmm. and doing it the old way wasn't getting me anywhere. So it was very difficult getting started in a new area. So awesome, that's how, how I got over here.
1: Awesome, man. And, and, and I love that. And, and obviously, you know, uh, it's, it's incredible that, that as a team, you guys are able to produce, you know, a hundred million. I think you said you, you produced by yourself 51 million in personal production last year. So I'm sure it hasn't always been easy. And I'm, I'm sure that wasn't easy either. Uh, because, um, so, so, so talk a little bit about that. Talk about the journey to, you know, I, I think you started, when did you start Ticket Mortgage again?
0: Uh, we, I funded my first loan probably late June of 2019. Mm-hmm. And so I was by myself, um. Uh, we, I was running a house at the time here my daughter left to go to school and so I took over her bedroom and I started to do loans out of her bedroom and I, I stayed in her bedroom essentially to the from June until the end of 2019 I was able to do about 22 million during that time and then the beginning of 2020 I moved into the office that I'm in now and so and then like you said I did a little over 50 million uh, last year and then since we moved in this office I also you know I have four other loan officers that came on board throughout 2020 at different periods of time. And we were able to do about another, you know, hundred million dollars with, with the other loan officers. Yeah,
1: so that's, that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible, man. That's, that's a, a huge feat. And I know 2020 was an interesting year for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, despite everything, despite all the crazy ups and downs and, you know, in, in March, I know we had a little bit of a of a scare with with uh, COVID hitting and, and banks starting to shut down and all that stuff, we thought the uh, was that tankometer or whatever that's implode meter implode meter yeah, we thought that was coming back because there was, you know, some of those those non-QM lenders started going belly up and so that was that was a little scary but then just to see, you know, where you were able to take the production is just uh, is an incredible, man. So, I uh, love that. And so talk a little bit about that. Where, you know, I know you have some sort of cool interesting ways that you're 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 getting that business. So, so talk a little bit about that. You know, maybe what can loan officers do, you know, or how can em- loan officers emulate what you've done and, and, and you know maybe not do quite as much business or maybe they can, I don't know, but. Yeah, you know. they certainly can. Uh,
0: I, I honestly think I have the recipe for that because um, both times, so in, 2000 and, in five and six or in earlier, I was a wholesale rep for a subprime company and I ended up going from being a rep to a retail loan officer Back then, so two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, when we were kind of coming out of that that recession, oh, perfect,
1: perfect timing then.
0: Yeah, so at that <laughs> point, yeah, it was it was tough. And so as a wholesale rep, my clients were all real estate brokers, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're all mortgage brokers, and all those brokers went out of business. And so right. the clients that I had developed all went away. So about two thousand and nine, I came back to be in retail in retail and to get, I had, I had no contacts again at that time. So I didn't have any realtor contacts. I didn't have any past clients or anything. So at that time, what I was doing was I was repairing credit to get, to get clients in a position to buy a house. And my plan was at that time, so if I could get one person to, um, to, that I could approve one person then I could take that person, leverage it with a real estate agent and get two deals out of it. One that I gave them. And then you know, through reciprocity, hopefully I'd get one back or I'd get a, get a relationship like that. So
1: sure.
0: it took me like a year to do that because I would give clients to real estate agents that weren't getting them in contract. And so it took me a while to find out who the right real estate agents were. Right, And that was a big piece to it. And so I went like 12 months, didn't really close a deal. And then I closed like three and then I closed, I think like 11 and then 16. And so back then it worked out really well. It, it, it took off and I did really good. So when I moved here to Colorado, I thought, man, maybe I'll do something very similar to that. And so I actually, I started getting leads from a lead company. And since I didn't have any loans to work on, I was on the phone, like hammering these leads constantly. I mean, all day long, I was just on the phone, calling leads, calling leads, calling leads. And I did that enough that I ended up having about five approved buyers in one month. And, and again, I didn't have any real estate agents to even give them to like, nobody knew me. And so I, and I ended up going on Zillow finding a picture of a realtor and I called the realtor and I said, Hey, I got a buyer. Will you work with me? And it was just, it was that it was, it was exactly that. And so at that point, what ended up happening was I, I I was also in the Legion of Loan officers about this time. And, um, in the beginning, you know, you put on like a training, basically to teach to teach a lot, to teach realtors how to get leads. At the time, so my thought was, I'm going to take one of these buyers I have, and I'm going to give it away at one of these classes to try to get some people to show up at the class. And um, I don't remember how I did it to not violate respo, but I did it in a legal way, <laughs> I think. And so, <laughs> but I ended up I put this class on, and I said, while you're there, I'm gonna I'm gonna give away some leads. And I'm gonna give away. A, you know, I'm an actual buyer, you know what I mean? And so having something to give again, whether it was giving away a buyer because they fixed their credit or giving away a buyer because I had the buyer, I got 22, uh, 22 real estate agents to show up to that training. And a year and a half later, I still work with 10 of them. And wow. yeah. Out, of that, and one, so, out uh, of
1: that one initial meeting, was that the first, first time you'd done a class?
0: It was the first time I did a class and nobody even knew me. Like no, nobody even knew me but I did have the buyer. I just, the, the deal was, Hey, within six months, we'll give you a buyer. But the truth was I had these buyers already because I, all I was doing were calling these leads mm-hmm. and they were stacking up, you know, how it works like, right. You know, you get a hold of one and then you, you talk to them a week later. So you kind of have a pipeline of people that are kind of close and mm-hmm. you know, if there's 10 in there, something's going to come out. And I knew they would cause I was calling them. So I put the class on during the class, I, I taught my class and the, the class could have been on anything but I, but I the reason I had the opportunity to talk to them was because I had something to give them sure and I did the class everybody could see that I had leads and I had buyers and out of the, like 22 people I think like 12 of them stayed afterwards and talk to me it gave me an opportunity that they could get to get to know me I spoke to them and followed up afterwards and like I said even I'm at been over a year and a half now, probably a year and nine months, I still get business from them every other month, one of them. And so that's probably an extra three deals a month that's that insane. I wouldn't have gotten without that one buyer that I had. And so-
1: That's, that's one buyer in one class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to do the class. I mean, you right. gotta
0: do it. But what I noticed, you know, when people who sell leads a lot of times, like maybe yourself or other agencies, you try to do the math going, you know, this is the math. If, if you buy it and, you know, this, ha- this is how many clothes and your average commissions for grand or whatever it is. And it pays for itself, but that's, that's not the value. Like Agreed. you can take that one buyer and you can get 10 agents with it, or you can get five agents with it. It's not, it's not the deal that closes. The truth is if I paid $10,000 to get a buyer and I only made $5,000 on the loan, like that still makes sense. You know, and I'm not saying this to support you. I'm saying it because it's true, right? You know, it, just, it really is because that happened to me. Like, I still work with those ten people, you know, eighteen months later. I mean, if you did the math on it, it's it's probably two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it's huge,
1: right? Right? Really yeah, huge. yeah. And even if it did cost you ten thousand, that's a that's a good return if you look at it in that in that long term perspective. And and it's but that's the only
0: perspective to have.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, the thing is it's leverage because, and, and that's one of the reasons actually why I started this podcast was because, you know, how can, how can loan officers do that and, and leverage, find leverage to be able to go out and find more real estate agents, because that's the true value of having a direct to consumer system that you talked about, right. By, by being able to hand them business, which is effectively giving them money, like you're giving them a 10 a year in Colorado. So like, I'm sure your average you know, price point is what, like 500,000 or something.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So,
1: so like, I mean at 3% or even 2%, like they're making 10, 15 grand a deal, right? So you give them one deal a year, you're making them an extra 10, 15 grand a year. That's, that's powerful.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and it's not just the money. It's the fact that it gives you the opportunity to talk to them where they right. can get to know you. I mean, you're showing up. First of all, you have the ability to get a buyer show, you know, it shows that you're, you're showing up with value and it separates you from everybody. So it's not even just the 10 grand. It's just that you're not like everybody else you know, and that's, that's the most valuable thing they have. I mean, they that they're in business to get a buyer or to, to get a listing. And so if you can provide a listing or a buyer, I mean, you're, you're hit, you're in the top 5% just immediately. You know? Right.
1: Yeah. That's, that's incredible, man. Are, are you still, uh, are you still hosting these classes at all or what's kind of the, the evolution there?
0: Um, I'm not I'm not the truth is now I you know it's it's how fast can I get a loan into the computer and get that successfully pushed through so over in 2020 I didn't have a loan officer assistant or any admin help so I just had one processor that kind of has assisted me I guess so hard to explain but I didn't get any help like I've told you before I didn't have a CRM I wasn't using home I I wasn't doing much other than I don't do classes for random for random groups anymore but I am I am now a preferred lender for a couple of different realtors and mm-hmm. some teams
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so I will do a training on the computer once a month for those teams and I also do some side things um, I recently helped a realtor group put video on on social media and so, I would give them ideas what to do we had a contest and so i, I definitely stay very involved to help them with their social media presence and uh, even converting leads they have call nights i'll go to call night and i'll call with them once a week even even though i don't need to just to rub elbows and and be there but
1: and show them the right way to do it
0: uh sometimes sometimes the team i have actually is really good i have okay. a I have a Keller Williams team that they do scripts every morning for 15 minutes. They have to to call in and do scripts for 15 minutes. And, um, and that team has, has a model and they should be adding about 80 new real estate agents by the end of this year. And I have 100% access to this, to this team. So, you know, I still have to show up with value, like regardless. So whenever I have a call, like I'll spend a few hours trying to figure out how, you know, how can I help this team? Because, you know, I, I'm in a really great position, and you just have to constantly give value. I meant constantly, constantly.
1: And yeah, uh, you're almost you know, with the the old adage is like you're only as good as your last deal, right? So, you know, it's 100 like- true. It's true. It's true. I mean, because the the reality is there's a lot of new loan officers that are coming into the space. I'm pretty sure. I think one of the number one search terms in 2020 was how to become a loan officer. So there's a lot of new loan officers coming in thinking that they're, you know, they're going to make a whole bunch of money uh, because obviously rates have been low. So everybody is making a whole bunch of money this year or last year. Um, And so, yeah, there's, there's constantly going to be people that are going after your partners. Right. And that's, uh, to, to your point, I mean, you have to continue to give value and have to continue to show them why you're the person that they want to continue to send business to, uh, you know, and, and otherwise, if you just don't have anything else to give, like, what's the point, right. Because again, like you mentioned, like you're able to provide, you know, not just a commission, but you know, you're able to provide other things beyond that. Right. Like how can they actually grow their business? Um, and that's powerful.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the right attitude when you meet somebody, It I found that that works every single time. As soon as you meet somebody to start figuring out, like, what can I do to help this person out? Because mm-hmm. I feel that if I'm always thinking like that, I don't think anybody can replace me because if I really am providing value all the time, like it would cost them money to get rid of me. You know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm honestly giving every single thing I can whenever I talk to them. And it becomes really easy because if it's not about me, you know, a lot of the pressure goes away, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but as long as you're always giving it, it actually gets easier, easier and easier. And there's there's no selling, there's no rejection. There's, you know, even if I even if I call, cause I get leads too. Um, I have some different sources that send me leads. And if mm-hmm. I call a lead, you know, I'm, I'm honestly asking, Hey, you know, you completed this form. Like, how can I help you? You right. know, and open up with a question like that. It's pretty hard to get rejected. You know i don't really use scripts anymore scripts every everything can work in a certain capacity but if i always lead with you know you initiated this and so you know what made you do it you know what's how can i help you and if you if you listen a lot of those deals will convert very easily because you're not selling anything
1: right yeah and, and i and i love that approach because i think um, I think sales, uh, and I, I think it's really, is kind of a version of sales, right? But it's, it's a, it's the more moral and ethical way of, of doing sales, which is really trying to, to truly understand what pr- someone needs and what someone wants. Um, because the other end of the line, there's always a human being. Um, and I think people forget that and they get commission breath and they're just like, I need to get that application. I need to get that application. Um, when the reality is like, okay, like, are you, are you actually able to solve their issues? you know what I mean? Oh. And, and that's, that's kind of the approach you've taken. I think that's the new wave of sales. I think it's been around for a while, but I think, you know, having a, an advisory role in a way that you can, you can tell them, you can, you can ask the right questions. Cause that's really what it comes down to is asking the right questions. Um, and truly understanding whether or not it's someone that you can help or someone, yeah, someone and, you want to help.
0: Yeah. And logistically, you got to remember that, you know, it could be a 30, 60, 90 day process. So if you go about it, like you're selling a mattress where somebody's going to walk in and you you have some leading questions and you close them, that might work on something that's, that's you know, they buy it and they get it home and it's a pain in the ass to get it, you know, to return it. But right, right. If you try to close somebody in real estate and you have a, like, say a 45 day um, turnaround time on that deal. I mean, that's a lot of time for, you know, if you you don't have the right reason why they're buying or or how to help them, you know, somebody else may solve that problem or you're just a commodity that has a closing technique, you know, and unless somebody's walking in and walking out, it's just not the approach that I think is very time effective, you know.
1: I I agree. I agree with that. And I think part of it is, uh, with, with this sort of process is is you're o- almost having to resell them or not resell them on anything other than like reselling them on why using you is the right process. Why buying now is the right thing to do, you know, things like that. not so much just trying to close them into, well, you need to close this deal. I mean, you, you, know, you don't want to be like a headset jockey, right? That they always, they always yeah. talk, talk about It's like, you know, they're able to, to convince some people, but the reality is I think you're going to, to build better relationships and have uh, more referrals that come out of those things too, because I think, you know, especially with leads, like you were talking about leads, they don't know, like, or trust you. And so if you aren't able to build that authority, but also build, you know, a, a little bit of, 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 of rapport with them and you just go try to try to go straight for the application. What I've seen a lot of times is people will get the application, then they won't get docs or well, they get the application, they get docs, but then they won't close the deal. Right. And, and you actually talked about this, right? Like finding the right real estate agents, uh, that, that can actually get a deal in the contract is, is pivotal. I mean, you it's, know.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. That If that's your weak link, you've done a lot of work and, you know, finding the right real estate agent is, that's not easy either, <laughs> you know, because you might have to lose three or four deals before you find the right one. And that that's disheartening, you know? So you have yeah. somebody, you and, uh, and I've worked with, I've worked a couple different real estate agents in my career, that I knew if I sense not only, not only like, not just with leads, but even just a prequel. If you're in a market, I've had, when I was in California, I had a real estate agent, that I knew if I sent them a buyer, she'd have them in contract in three or four days. I mean, I don't care. And I worked with that person for 15, I don't know, 14 years maybe. And I sent all my stuff to her because I knew that this would be a deal if I got pre-qualified 35 days later, I'd get paid. They'd have a house, everybody'd be happy. Like it was it was a pretty solid thing. And I don't think a lot of real estate agents take that responsibility and realize that when their deals don't go good each time, they don't really take any responsibility to realize, like in my position, I've i closed a lot of loans. And so you can kind of see that some people are just better than other people. And mm-hmm. it's really good for all of us as salespeople to realize if our if if my convert if I can't convert a lead very well, but somebody else does, I mean, you really have to sit back and go, okay. know what are they doing that i'm not because you can fix that just like real estate agents they can fix how fast to get something contract you know and um as salespeople, that's that's the hardest thing to do you know we have egos and the truth is there's people out there that are better than us and we can get better
1: yeah yeah And, and i think that's the other thing to note as well is, you know there's different types of sales too there's obviously referrals there's you know cold sales there's all kinds of different things and so many times people aren't willing to acknowledge Uh, The fact that they might not be that good at sales, they might be great at networking, they might be great at, you know, talking with real estate agents getting that business, but it's a a, a totally different sale. I mean, you're you're not actually making a sale, you're selling, you have to sell the real estate agent on why they should work with you, but they're not really having to sell the referral, um, because they've already had that borrowed trust. So man, I, I love it. Um, so, so, so talk about that. Like what, so is that like kind of your, your primary strategy now is just kind of building and nurturing these existing relationships, or are you going out there and, and finding new partners to work with?
0: So the team I spoke about, they're adding, like I said, adding 80 new agents this year. And yeah. I, I do a lot of time with this team, uh, the team leader is somebody I have a lot of respect for. And so that makes it nice to work with somebody who's, you know, thanks along the same lines and has some. Mm-hmm some bigger goals. And so, uh, new agents that come on there, I, you know, each day I try to get out and go to lunch or, or meet somebody and still do the belly to belly stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving forward, I'm, I'm actually getting, I'm working on building the team out, And so we have some bigger goals. You know, we had, I had some pretty big numbers, you know, I thought for just starting in a new place, but we're trying to, you know, quote unquote 10 X that again, And so the hundred million that we had done last year, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do that in a month by the end of this year. So that's, that's a pretty big undertaking and it takes a team to do that. So, yeah. You know, the personal production is growing. I'm, I'm certainly not focused on that. I'm focused on helping the people that are working with me, helping them do more. And I think I have the key to some of that.
1: So that's, that's amazing. And, and, you know, we, we talked about it off, off, um, offline or whatever but uh you talked about the book who not how being kind of a game changer for changing that mentality and i think that's one of the things that a lot of times loan officers get stuck in this grind mode um, of doing everything themselves and you know obviously you were you were kind of there last year as well and you've seen the light talk a little bit about that like how how were you able to shift uh from almost like i got to do everything myself to you know what i think it makes sense to build the team
0: Yeah. Um, First I'd like to give a lot of credit that to Michael Mann, Mm -hmm. you know, Mike, I've hired Michael to be a coach for myself and he's helped me the last six months. I've had a few different coaches, but at each, at each phase, I kind of, I don't have a whole lot of creativity and it's nice to talk to somebody who's done a lot more than I have. And Michael Mm -hmm. has, Michael has a team and he does a ton more volume than I ever have. And so, you know, he was, trying to get me to a point of throwing away my phone, you know, a phone that I have for 20 years and also to let go of um, toxic relationship of, of managing a handful of loans, because it's real easy to, to get to a point where you really think you're passionate when in fact, you're not really passionate. You're just obsessed with a, Like I said, a toxic relationship. And so Mm -hmm. I worked with Michael to get rid of the, um, reactionary type of being reactive to emails and texts and and stuff like that. And, um, as soon as I was able to do that, it took a little while working with Michael, but as soon as I was able to do that, my business really exploded and it's, it's, it's on a way faster pace, even than 2020. So, um, but again, working with somebody that had some, some insight, he did recommend that book, Who Not How. And, uh, this is one of my favorite books ever, or at least my, one of my favorite ideas. And it changes, pretty much the scope of what a human can do you know we, we always think you know you, you think of the biggest goal you can think of and then the next thing you think of okay how do I break that down and make that happen and maybe you can make that happen yourself but if you stop and, and think who can help me make that happen it just changes the dynamic of what's possible you know and um Anyway, after reading that book, after talking to Michael, it definitely put that idea more in stone and made me stop and go, okay, quit thinking about making it work. You know, I, I can't work any more hours. I already work a ton of hours. And so yeah. it was like, you know, who can help you do something I'm not very good at? I'm, not, I'm pretty much not very make, not good at a lot of things. And so that it's actually a pretty easy thing because almost everybody can do it better than I can. So that makes it a great, yeah. makes it a great solution. I feel you there. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things I can do well, but it's just a couple, you know
1: but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that that's okay. I think that's the thing that most people don't want to admit, right. Is you want to think that you're good at everything, but the reality is you're not right. And, and, and also what's, what gives you energy and what doesn't, because you might be great at, you know, inputting the loan or whatever, you've done it so many times you could do it in, you know, whatever, five minutes, but the reality is like, is it is it actually giving you energy is it actually something that you want to do on a day to day basis because there's people out there that like to do that stuff there's people that love the data entry there's people that love to structure loans and do all that kind of stuff um you know and, and yeah i know like obviously you're very good at building relationships you're very good at sales you're, you're good at the grind and you, you know I'm, I'm sure there's some things there that that sort of gives you uh you know more energy as well because to me mm-hmm. like to me doing systems and putting together an org chart and things like that. It just makes me want to like, you know, mm-hmm. poke my eyeballs out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's exactly how I feel when I have to do things like that. And so I, I did the same thing. I brought in an ops manager. Uh, I brought in another systems person and it's just like, I'm having actually having fun in my business. <laughs> Whereas there was a point where I was just, you know, super desperate. Um, you know, business was growing, but I, I wasn't having fun. Um, and so, man, it's, it's, uh, awesome that, that you've found that and you're growing and, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a testament, right. To the fact that you're continually growing. Right. Cause I mean, you know, I, I met you at an event and you were, you know, basically in a wheelchair and you, and you made it out there just because, you know, you, 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 you knew it was important to, um, to grow and that's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you've seen it, like, it's just incredible to see, you know, in what, 18 months or something like that, 150 yeah. million, in production in a new, in a new market, like that's, that's unheard of, man. I don't know if you know you're an anomaly or what, but like you are. So.
0: Yeah. You know, it, the, the credit, you know, I, I've mentioned this before, but you know, if you don't surround yourself with the right people, um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get to the next step because especially if you don't have a good vision, I don't have a good vision on how to get places. I mean, I, I I'm a pretty good soldier. Like you could tell me what to do and I'll go do it. But for me to, to picture that road and go down that road, it's it's nearly impossible for me. So, um, paying for coaching, you know, paying for paying for things that you're not good at, like you know, maybe paying yourself. I paid you for leads because you could you can generate leads better than I could, and you know, surrounding, spending some money to surround yourself with people that have either gotten there, or that you know, possibly doing what you want to do, or have the same kind of attitudes. It's it's money well spent, and some of the things you're talking about like I wouldn't have done it if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't around people like you and Nick Carpenter, Michael Mann, and a lot mm-hmm. of these guys, uh, even my other coworkers, almost other brokers like Nathan Einhorn and, you know, mm-hmm. guys like that, I, um, I I, wouldn't have gotten anywhere without all you guys. And uh, it's it's more important than you really can, than you know, because if you're just surround yourself with the, you know, your local people that you see every day you know, it's your, your landscape's different, you know? Right.
1: Where yeah, I know. And I agree. Right. And, and the Jim Rohn quote always comes up, right. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, um, and I've, I've, I feel the same way, right. As far as environment is, is, is really truly pivotal to the growth that you want. Right. And I think I spent roughly 70 grand last year uh, in 2020 on coaching, mentorship courses on, on growth. Right. Um, not including obviously you know, paying my team and all that kind of stuff as well and so yeah. it, I, wow. I believe that because I've seen you know 3x growth from the year before for the year before that was 5x growth and so you know paying people a lot of people are like well what's the cost and the reality is what's what's the cost of not doing it yeah that's really what it comes yeah. down to is like what's the cost of not doing that what's the yeah. cost of continuing to do everything yourself right yeah yeah
0: the, your trajectory is totally different
1: well and i also think i also think this um your concept that you're talking about you know you, you don't see the vision all that sort of stuff but i think you do see the vision i think uh i think it's something that people think they need to be and and it's and one of my buddies uh another marketing agency guy he said he says we're not uh we're not inventors we're innovators and i was mm-hmm. like oh that's cool because like i always feel like i i'm not good enough because i didn't come up with this as, this is not my original idea or this whatever but what we do is we take foundational things and we maybe we make it better we make it our way um and so doing it that way is actually totally awesome because you're 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 building a foundation off of what actually works versus just oh well let's test this out and it's almost you know it's worse so well
0: yeah i don't know if you know i never would have came up with the idea that i need to take the phone i had for 20 years and throw it in the trash i mean there's been a few ideas that were pretty hard to swallow you know somebody tells you that you know 18 months ago, you were broke in a wheelchair and didn't have a vehicle to drive, living behind Walmart. And then, you know, and then you use your phone to get out of that situation and do well. And then somebody says, hey, I want you to take that phone and disconnect yourself from the world again. You know, there's a shock factor there that, man, I hope you know what you're talking about because you're asking me to potentially commit suicide again. You know, so there are some ideas for people, but I, you know, I'd urge everybody, if somebody's doing more than you are, You don't like their idea. You should probably really think about it a while because you don't get lucky and do eight hundred million a year like Michael Mann does. That's not luck. Like you don't slip and fall and close sixteen hundred loans like Wilson Enriquez does. Like those things aren't an accident. And if you think you know more than they do and you're doing a measly fifty million a year, then you know your head's not screwed on straight because you don't accidentally do that kind of volume. There's a roadmap and and uh you should pay attention
1: yeah it's, it's definitely intentional and and i think it's intentional to a point because you know you're, you're ultimately going to fail your way way there and you know i think that's the thing that people need to uh, embrace is failure right so many times people try to uh, essentially will will their way to the next level by doing the same thing they were doing in the past um and as you as you've basically you know come to find out like you know, you can get the 50 million, you can probably grind to 70 million by yourself, 80 million, maybe, who knows, but at what point is it, is it, is it going to stop? Like, you can't, you only have so much time in the day, your time's not infinite. So the only way you can continue to grow is how do you build a team around you? So I love that, man. Uh, Real quick, just kind of wrapping up here. What's one, one strategy, one tip, one thing that loan officers can do to help them flip the status quo on real estate agents? Uh,
0: Again, you know, I did it twice. I would, I would recommend anybody first of all, three things. One is you find something of value to whoever your whoever your client is. If it's a real estate agent, i would I would find something that they highly value. and that's a buyer. So whether you get a buyer by fixing somebody's credit, you get a buyer by knocking on doors, you get a buyer by having somebody convert a lead for you or getting leads. Um, a buyer, buyer or a listing, one of those two things is highly valuable to to a realtor and it's undeniable. It's something that you will not re- get rejected from. So, Um, and then another thing would be find something else, you know, and then in that respect, potentially to teach them how to either get a buyer or get a listing. And so to teach a class, um, to come from a place of value and what that'll do is put you in a level playing ground to where at least they can get to know you and talk to you. And so that'd be one thing, find something of value. And then the second thing would be to put your mindset to go get a loan a day. a lot of people they don't realize that getting a loan is the job that is the activity, and most people avoid that. And so the the number one thing on my list would be I'm going to get a loan. After I do that, I can do something else. But getting a loan is the thing that has to get done, and you get better at it. You can get it by you can get it done by five o'clock. As you get better, you get it done by three o'clock, and by eleven. And then you know if if that's your mind frame to get a loan a day. Um, you will. You'll actually get a loan a day. Your, your brain will kind of figure out how to do it. And um, it seems very simple and most people don't think about that, but it's the primary thing. It'll line your pockets, then you'll have cash to do other stuff and get help and implement systems. But getting a loan a day is the primary thing.
1: That dude, that's, that's amazing. Right. And I remember when you, when you talked about this, you know, probably a year and a half ago, it was like, yeah, my goal is to get a, a loan a day. And it's crazy because so many times I literally have to try to tell our, our, our clients and, and loan officers that like, you have to spend at least an hour a day. Realistically, you should spend 80 to 90% of your day doing revenue generating activities. Cause there's no other way to grow your business other than doing revenue generating activities. Right. And I think too many times people get stuck in and and I did myself when I first started, I was creating a website. I was, you know, doing all this stuff that I thought was important. But the only thing that was important was having more conversations with people, which led to more opportunities to turn into deals. And that's what it comes down to. Right.
0: Yeah. I, you know, if you want to get extreme, but I'd say, don't eat, don't eat a meal until you get your loan. Because, because if, you know, if you're not going to eat, Breakfast, lunch, or dinner until you get a loan, you know, you'll get a loan. I, I promise you. If, if, you know, I had an old boss, he told me we had these Monday meetings. He goes, How many loans are you going to do? And I'm like, Oh, this is like my first year. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do five this month. He goes, Well, why don't you do six? I'm like, I can't do six. And he said, If I put a gun to your kid's head, could you do six? And I thought, Shit, like, yeah, if you put a gun to my kid's head, I can do six. So it just made me realize it's just a choice. It's not, it's not what you can or can't. It's just, you know, how motivated are you? Like, if something puts a gun to your kid's head, you, you'll get alone as soon as you have to get alone. And so I think about that. Like, you know, when I get up, I feel like somewhat of a wild animal. Like, I got to go eat. And you know, it doesn't matter if I'm sick or tired, I'm going to go get alone first. And after I get alone, then I can do whatever else I got to do. But I need to go get alone first. And it's just, it's just a mindset. Getting alone, it's not that hard. You know, you just that's, gotta go do it.
1: That's freaking, man. That's, that's, uh, that's powerful because it's this concept. And I don't remember who said this, but one of the concepts was like, what are your tenure goals? All right, now figure out how you can go do that in six months. Right. And it's just like, you can always yeah. do more than you think you can. Um, you know, and it's this also the, the the concept of you always can get more done. You can get, most people are underestimating how much they can accomplish in it or, overestimate how much they can accomplish in a year, but underestimate how much they can accomplish in a decade. Right. So it's like just thinking bigger, continuing to have that mindset, man. That's, that's a hundred percent it and a hundred percent, uh, where you're going to get that. Right. If you, if you tell yourself you need to get a loan a day, I mean, you figured out how to make that happen. Right.
0: Yeah. They come in now. I don't, I don't have to get a loan a day. If I want to get two loans a day, I can, but again, it's, a, it's now, you know, a matter of growing the business and supporting. I, I want other people that work with me to, to succeed. And so I'm not really worried about my personal success so much, mm-hmm. um, but the loans come in now I get one and a half loans a day without, you know, without making a phone call. So, you know, getting that momentum going, no, but that, that wouldn't happen if I wasn't out there, like busting my, you know, chops to make it work.
1: Well, I, I know, uh, I know you, I know you worked a lot of hours, right. You yeah. know, getting up early, staying up late, uh, you know, doing, doing a lot of grinding. So I think that is important for a season in your life. And, you know, depending on how, how big your dreams are and goals, maybe that's how you, how you live, but you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's up to you, right. It's up to you. to yeah. do. I mean, Everybody's you can do as much as you want. Room. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, 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 uh, uh I, I'm not a big grinder, but, uh, you know, I, I, did definitely work hard the first couple of years and, you know, put a lot of hours that I don't put as many in anymore as I used to. Maybe I should, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of, again, it's, it's personal choice. And you yeah. know, if you, if you say you want something, then you, you know, you should go out and do the things that you need to do to, to, to hit those numbers. So awesome. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for being here, man. This has been an, an amazing show. Um, and, and just wanted to thank you so much again for taking the time. I know you're busy again, you know, hundred million or 51 million in personal production, uh, over the last, you know, 12 months, I guess you, you've done a little bit more over the last couple months, but, uh, in 2020. So I know you're busy. Thank you so much for being here, man. And thank you so much for, for the value that you've given here. And if you're listening, you know, think about kind of how you can implement this mentality of, uh, getting one loan a day, because if you do your, your, your business will transform and maybe you'll do a hundred million in a year, like, uh, Casey Knowles and the ticket mortgage team. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thanks, Luke. Thank you for tuning into the Loans on Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans on Demand podcast.